1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined by my buddy, Colin Drew, to break down the Honda Classic at the PGA National. A little bit of a recap for the WGC Mexico. Uh, I mean, Patrick Reed, if if there's one golfer I could pick to throw off of a cliff, I think it probably would have been Patrick Reed on Saturday night or maybe just on Sunday afternoon. Maybe just on Sunday afternoon. I, I can't believe that my my streak of hitting outright uh, had to end with a Bryson three-putt on the 17th green.
0: Yeah, I mean, Patrick Reed was the only one who ran hotter than Bryson with the putter last week, and it definitely fell apart for Bryson at the the wrong time for you. Ended up being fortuitous for me. Um, yeah, bank was, on Fanduel. I Fandu. was live in the Fanduel MME. Yeah. So I ended up coming second for 10 K, which is great, but you know, I needed Bryson not to win. I kind of had everybody in that log jam right behind him. And, uh, for me, the difference between winning the GP and not was really just Justin Thomas kind of falling apart in that final round, which was unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of went to sleep on, uh, Saturday night thinking like, Oh, well, JT is just going to run away with this. And, uh, he really let that golf course get. He he did not stay up all night doing the math and playing that course on a golf simulator. It seems like seems like he let that course get the best of him. Hardcore.
0: Yeah, and I mean there were some. I mean you. The course was interesting just because it was. If you were playing well, you could shoot extremely Super low rounds. Low. Like we, I mean, we saw that from obviously Rom on Saturday. Um, But a bunch of guys going low of all calibers, not just like bombers or the ROMs of the world. Um, I mean, there were plenty of guys making like five or six birdies around and then a lot of bogeys out there too. And you kind of said that. So I I mean, guys were making like eights and stuff on some of these
1: holes. Like they were just, they were, it it seems like um, the altitude really did kind of play a factor. Like guys were just getting their shots all wrong. Just like, you know, way over the green, way left, way right type stuff.
0: Well, yeah, I don't think the altitudes and the ball left and right, but uh, the angles. you never know. It was you never know. with It was definitely a course with like angles and stuff like that too.
1: Yeah, uh, you uh, did you play any Puerto Rican Open DFS? Six, the the six of six percentage was like uh, like crazy high. Basically, um, like we were we were uh, like I think in the the big eight dollar, it was like thirty percent of lineups got six of six for the Puerto Rican Open.
0: I wonder. I wonder why that is. Just because, like, the bottom of the field was so weak. I didn't play that event, but was it because of that, or was there like huge pricing discrepancies? All the chalk plays got or there. Was it just like
1: yeah, like like yeah. hot like were, Hovland. Were they like it was, good
0: chalk plays though? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like well, Hovland was like super popular and he won, so it's yeah. like you know one of the most popular plays in the field just went out like in one. Uh, I feel like I feel like getting hovland a win at 12 to 1 like didn't even count in that field like i i feel like i feel like i got that like but i feel like everyone else did too like i like and i also think that um books would have taken bets on him down to like six to one like i i don't think that i don't think that uh like everyone who even knew that event was going on bet victor hovland i felt like but we we yeah. move
0: we move to what the honda the golf price in that you know
1: Oh uh, they had him as very slight i think they i think it was like ten ten and a half or eleven to one is what their price okay. was so they they had him as like a bet basically i wonder i wonder if the guys actually did bet him, but they it, it wasn't like um one of those where they have the uh like where they have the the field leader as like a super negative e v bet which you'll yeah. see a lot of the times on those alternate events like it wasn't it wasn't quite like that um the uh the p g a national the, this i believe is the famous golf course where i bet you that uh, jordan Spieth would make an 8 at some point and he <laughs> dunk he i he dunked a water ball on a par 4 and didn't do it tough tough scenes there so this course has loads of water and that's really kind of what makes it unique it's a uh, par 70 7125 yards and uh just a just a really difficult course very likely to play with the winner at what, what would you say? Probably like minus eight or something like that.
0: Yeah. I think like 10 unders would be a pretty good score. You'd feel great with that. Um, especially considering the the quality of the field this week did play as the fifth hardest on tour last year. Um, and this was the week that killer Keith Mitchell was a uh, plus EV. Outright. Uh, just,
1: I can't even, we
0: didn't bet him. <laughs>
1: And you and and you know how we are rewarded this year. Killer Keith Mitchell 66 to 1. Just, yeah. I mean this will this will be the only event all year where he is priced at under 100 to 1 probably, which is just tough. The the outright markets this week, uh they have absolutely massacred them. Um I don't know if it's that the outright markets are starting to copy data Golf's numbers or or what it is, but uh it's it's terrible. It it is horrible to sweat um because there, there's like 10 good outrights this week and I bet them all <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, just close your eyes cross out anybody that's like a hundred to one or better and then click the rest of them in there
1: well that's um that's like the uh that was what I did at Pebble Beach when I hit Nick Taylor was I, I think I literally bet like 12 guys who are all worse than a hundred to one I don't I, I think that maybe is not great here because it isn't like this is this is usually like uh pedigree pedigree guys tend to do well here
0: uh it's oh it's a big mixed bag I mean you've had the the pedigree guys the Patrick Harrington and then you've had yeah I mean pedigree guys like Keith Mitchell and Cameron not Cameron Camilo Villegas and or Villegas. and I mean there's there's definitely how dare a lot you, of how, you
1: how dare you tell me that killer Keith Mitchell is not a pedigreed golfer
0: uh, yeah I mean there have been some extremely extremely thin players to win and for the most part, you don't see any guys with elite course history at this event. You've got some guys with like slightly above average, but, um, you know, plenty of the guys who do well one year miss the cut the next and vice versa. So uh, I don't think it's a week to lean on that too heavily either. Uh, it's-
1: I think it's just because this course is so hard. Right. It's just like it's just like the more variance inducing the course is, the harder it's gonna be to build consistent course history. Cause maybe, maybe you play the course really well for thirty-five holes and then you make a nine, and then like uh what I think Mayo had this stat that um of the of the winners of this golf course, I think like seven of the last ten have made a, a double bogey or worse at some point. Like it's just it's just one of those golf courses where uh, there just is so much trouble that it's hard to really avoid it.
0: Yeah, and it's just there. there is a lot of trouble. But then, you know, there are holes where there's not. But if you just make the one bad swing at, at like, the wrong time, then, right. you know, you make a bad swing on one hole I make on the other one. I'm taking a penalty stroke and, you know, dropping and you're just chipping. So I, I think that's where some of the variance comes in through. Almost like a poor man's, like, player's championship.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of how that's kind of how I was thinking of it in my head. Just like that, um, you you there is just certain holes where you can't miss to this spot, and if that's your like natural shot shape or what, or if you just you miss hit it the one time, like that's you know that's it for you. So uh, yeah, there there really is like there's no uh, Bubba Happy place play here. Like there's no um, there's you know there's not just the the chalk donkey play basically.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And one of the most interesting things, DataGolf has the course fit that's part of the projections. Um, They also have a course fit tool that's up there for free on the website. You can check it out. And from a a relative importance perspective, every metric actually like under indexes at this event, which is the first time I've seen that for any of the tour stops this season. Usually you're seeing like maybe distance pop, but accuracy not, or you're seeing like the driving not matter and it's a second shot course in this one. It's like everything has less relative and you know importance, which just shows that there's more randomness uh, the data kind of backs up that there is more randomness at this event, and that kind of supports why you have seen some top end winners, but you've also seen some of these random guys and dude because- when when
1: the Fleetwood chalk donkeys get there, I swear <laughs> I'm gonna lose it i like i can- I will not be able to tolerate like tommy Fleetwood like t three at thirty six percent owned here yeah.
0: and it's like middle of the road and par adjusted distance, so if you're Average length, but you're just hitting the ball well that week. You know you're going to be in a decent position on for approach on a lot of these.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready to get into DK by price
0: range? I think so. I guess I would. I would just add that it is expected to be a hard scoring environment. That means that the finish points are going to matter quite a bit. Um, yeah. And I think because of that, you know. You could see lineups without six of six winning events this week if they land on the right top end guys. Maybe not not in like the huge mme, but in the, but the in smaller like field.
1: like uh, the, the the PGA listener leagues that are just all the rage, you know, or the or the single entry stuff. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the DraftKings prices by range. The most expensive player in the pool, Tommy Fleetwood, eleven thousand six hundred. Let me tell you, Colin Drew. I'm not playing Tommy Fleetwood this week. I will be mmeing, uh, and I will be doing the the single entry and three max stuff that I always do. And I will I will not be playing Mr. Thomas Fleetwood.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the field comes in. I've got him around twenty five percent right now, and I think that seems fair. I would I would be surprised if it goes up. I don't think it'll go down too much. Um, I think he's, I guess like a little bit over owned on on DraftKings, especially given the price um on FanDuel I'm just going to end up rostering these top end players because the way that the format works out a little bit um I would imagine I end up with like 35 or 40 percent Fleetwood there but uh, on DraftKings I I tend to agree in like a single entry my my inclination would be to pass on Fleetwood in MME I can't imagine I would fade them all together just because I don't think you're sacrificing a lot at other places yeah but I
1: just I I here's the thing and this is, this should be a very obvious point, but I don't, I don't particularly care about min caches because losing three weeks worth of buy-ins for PGA is not going to, it's not going to change my life. It's not going to change my strategy. So like the minus 90% and minus 30% aren't really all that different for me, but like, there's a huge difference in between first and 10th. Right. So just by, Nuking guys who are just going to be on so many other people's teams. I just feel like you are really maximizing positive variance of your top one percent teams. Do you think that's true or false? Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this maybe this idea is wrong.
0: I don't think the idea is is wrong if that held true, but I don't see a big difference between Fleetwood at twenty five percent, Fowler at twenty three percent, Woodland at twenty percent. And just do, don't play any at twenty percent and so in rows like eighteen percent, maybe you're getting a discount there, but typically we look at like the good RSq week for ownership projections as being like a point eight or something correlation between projections yeah. and actuals. We've got as high as like point nine this this year, but that means that a guy who's projected for 25 could easily come in at, at twenty. he's not going to come in at fifteen, but he could come in at twenty so there's some room to move there, um, especially yeah. as you think about different contests and Uh, that's why when it's pretty close like that, um, I'm maybe not going to let the ownership like force a big stand as I would like, I don't know, like Billy Horschel or something like that.
1: I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, so like, that's probably fair.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah,
1: that is, that is definitely fair. I, of the guys who are above 10,000, the guys who I'm, uh, the guy who I'm most interested in playing is Gary Woodland because my, my sort of sense is that he is going to end up being, less owned than Ricky, less owned than Brooks, less owned than Tommy, and, you know, just does does not really have that stink of, like, actually bad uh, recent form, whereas, like, some of the, like, I mean, I don't even remember. When's the last time Brooks played well? I guess the U.S. Open? I mean,
0: the, yeah, I guess as far as, like, an elite level. Uh, At the Genesis, he was still kind of gaining strokes off the tee, gaining strokes on approach, um, played comparably to how – Fleetwood played at WGC Mexico last week, um, so I don't think Brooks is like a write-off entirely. He's, there's not enough that you're comfortable to really try to lock it in, especially at the premium price. But I don't think he's a write-off. Uh, Woodland, I agree, feels the most comfortable. He's kind of been very consistent through his four events this year, gaining strokes on approach in all of them, gaining strokes off the tee in three of four, and um, you know the, the putters look like a normal kind of back and forth putter. So. Uh, especially, I know Woodland has the reputation for being uh, better on courses where he clubs down a little bit. No, nope, yeah, basically. but he,
1: like he's better when he has to hit his like, like freaking driving iron off the tee. Like when he hits that little stinger, Woodland is so good at hitting that stinger. I just, I'm, I'm envisioning it now on Sunday, heading out there with the two-stroke lead and just hitting every fairway to like 270 with that stinger. You love to see it. That's Justin, a, that's a good golf narrative.
0: Justin Rose is probably the the toughest one for me to figure out just because i mean the singapore open was re- yeah t2 t2 but at the like, singapore open buddy not gonna put any stock in that and he hasn't been playing well, <laughs> well if you're in the if you're gonna events. put
1: if you're gonna put stock in that i just this is so funny to me i have to read out tommy fleetwood's career wins as a professional golfer the ned bank golf challenge in a playoff against marcus canult uh, the Abu Dhabi Championship, two stroke win over Ross Fisher. The French Open in 2017, defeating Peter Uline by one stroke. The Abu Dhabi again in 2017, beat DJ that time, to be fair. And then the 2013 Johnny Walker Championship, where he beat Stephen Gallagher in a playoff.
0: Well, in fairness, some of those, you're just listening to the guy who finished second. You don't know if there were like a strong strength of field. Yeah, but it's that. just, but it's, 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 it's way funnier for it to be
1: Marcus Kanol in second place
0: (laughs) um so Rose he's an enigma he in his tour rounds he was losing strokes off the tee losing strokes in approach but he's such like a a class golfer long term that I feel like I can still you know jump back on and ride with him I think I'm going to be off of Usti entirely this week his long game was just a, a total disaster at WGC Mexico and the price is up there and man, I feel like I'm just hoping a little bit of ownership funnels there because of the price tag. But, um, I mean, whatever he did with his putter, like gaining eight plus strokes or averaging 2.2 per round. I mean, he just lost it all with his long game and then some.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, I really like Justin Rose just on the very simple theory that when Justin Rose is playing, like even his B game, B plus game, he's like the best iron player in the world. Like, I guess other than Rory. And I don't know, like this field is not that super strong. So maybe he only needs his B game for four days and he can, he can post minus eight and win, you know, that, that is, that is my working theory with Justin Rose being the guy that I want to play up top the most this week, him and Woodland. Yeah.
0: The other guy, that is going to be a pivotal decision this week. I think I'll come in as one of the highest owned players in the entire slate. And that's Billy Horschel. And I've been playing this guy and touting him at like single digit ownership. He's been
1: awesome at single digits. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But for a while he was just like running hot with the putter and I was like, okay, I'll take it because that never happens. And, um, obviously he did really well last week, both with his long game and with the putter, but I think he's going to carry really heavy ownership it is a very. Man, when he when course. he runs
1: hot with when he runs hot with the putter, it's really something. It's it's like you fast. you feel like he'll never miss when he gets hot. Like he he'll go out plus five strokes gain putting, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I expected from him. It it, it, it is uh, it's it's really something. I, I we we also skipped right over Hovland. Uh, I mean, no way, no way. I'm not playing Hovland uh, coming off of a coming off of a win in Puerto Rico. Uh, I actually think that was like sneakily big for him to get that PGA tour win. I think that's going to get him invited to a bunch of stuff that he was not able to play last year. So good for him, but I, I'll be playing him this week. Even if it is a volatile golf course that doesn't uh, necessarily suit what he does really like super well.
0: So unless I make a mistake with build, I'm I'm not going to have any Billy Horschel on DraftKings. There we go. I could, uh, I could screw it up when I MME, but it just seems like the ownership is going to be way too high. And Hopefully he doesn't run hot with the putter. Hopefully he runs hot with his temper in a couple water balls.
1: You know a guy, you know a guy you you really don't like. Uh is uh Daniel Berger from Florida, right? He's got he yeah. got this is this is the hometown narrative for him.
0: Yeah, love to see it. He's projected to be owned pretty heavily too. Um his game is I guess is rebounded a bit. Like he's been pretty solid tee to green uh throughout basically since like the sony open so people do just love to jam themselves some daniel Berger, don't they <laughs> he, i mean, mean he flashes I, I honestly, like a
1: little bit of form and people are just back in
0: yeah and and that's one of the other reasons i think i'll end up with like some fleetwood is because the mid-tier there's not like a bunch of guys i love the guys who i think are decent players like horschel and Berger are carrying extremely heavy ownership so instead of like i can like pivot out of the range altogether if i start up top um so that's I don't know, that's an early take on this. Maybe the burger ownership will settle down. I mean, I understand why it's it's getting talked up, but um I think Sung Jay is a better play at the same ownership as kind of Burger and Horschel, and I think he's actually gonna come in a little bit lower owned um, than those guys.
1: I mean, the only thing the only thing that is possibly any better then heavy Daniel Berger chalk is heavy Benny Ann chalk at a golf course with like 900 water hazards. There's, there is absolutely no way this leads to any tilting by anybody. I'm positive of it.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, at least he's pretty good tee to green. Usually the tiltings with the putter, is but, the but um, yeah, we wrote that art, that betting article up for sports grid today. And I was writing out Benny Ann, and I mean, he's gained strokes with his, So he's getting strokes around the green, like 14 to 15. And it'll just, I mean, with all the water on a bunch of these approach shots, there's not quite as many around the green stuff. So I don't know. It it could be, it could be a tough week for, for Ben Ann, but he is carrying material price discount from those guys. Um, so, and, I, and he's just such a, he's such a good score.
1: Like, like you, you, you sort of feel like you sort of feel like with the scoring points being, you know, a little bit more, like, just, like, even a guy who finishes, like, T38 could finish, like, 18th in DraftKings scoring if he makes, like, a couple extra birdies because of how tight it's going to be with how difficult this course is.
0: Yeah. So, I, I feel like Neiman's going to end up as a pretty good leverage play. Um, I've got him, like, 14th in the field, at only 8% ownership. Uh, that seems like, especially in large field tournaments, seems like a pretty solid play. Uh, I'll struggle with what to do with Poulter, too. Uh, I don't love Poulter this week, but David Golf has him twenty seventh in the field. I've got him nineteenth in my model, so I'm a bit higher than them, and he's like five percent owned. so um i don't I don't love Poulter ever, but you know I, I think he's an all right play this week, especially given the the lack of field depth and where the ownership is funneling.
1: Thank God Charles Howell withdrew. That that saved me. That saved me some coin. He would have been. He would have been in there. He would have been in there for sure for me. Uh, if you're if you're playing Benny Ann, I guess you got to play Discount Benny Ann. Uh, Corey Connors at 8200. He just he's just like the exact same thing. Just gains tons of strokes and uh, makes no putts. And then Discount Discount Benny Ann Corey Connors Luke List, uh, who I I think he's actually been good this year, but I wouldn't know because I've literally sworn off of him. I just won't play the guy. And it's, 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 uh, I, it's a more enjoyable golf experience for me when I just do not play Luke list at all.
0: Yeah. I, I think, you know, we talked about the challenging scoring environment uh, when courses play harder, there's less strokes that are gained from putting just by the yeah. nature of how that stuff works. That does mean these, these tee green guys that are kind of DFS favorites can end up a little bit more in play. I mean, that also explains why a guy like Keith Mitchell can win here. Um, just because you're talking about averaging like one or two under for these rounds. And, um, if these guys are firing and missing the putts, you know, that's better than the, the water balls and whatever. So I, I do think that as like a secondary pair with like a, a Fleetwood or Kepka type build going with like a, a Connors or man, Grillo has been so bad with this putter. But so bad. Like so bad. Ryan Palmer. I like a little bit. Um, just above Connors, and I think he's been kind of equally good tee to green and is a little bit more respectable with the putter. So I guess both or Palmer and Connors.
1: Yeah, uh, so I, I probably am not very interested in Ryan Palmer, but I, I will like uh, a little bit of Corey Connors. My favorite value play this week, I think, is Johnny Vegas. So I think he, he shot a 63 or a 64 two on Sunday last weekend at the Puerto Rico Open, but he is sixth on tour this year in strokes gained off the tee. No, that's not adjusted for field or anything. That's just like the straight up uh, the non-adjusted numbers. But um, I, I just have noticed that there are these like long-term PGA grinders, you know, the, the Coke racks, um, the Matt Joneses, who we'll talk about a little bit later. And like, just when they get in a little bit of form, you know, they rip off four or five missed cuts, um, you know, a T10 here or there. Like, I, I mean, to me, there is something in kind of writing that that little vein of form and while the, and, and D- data golf likes him anyways, like long-term baselines, but his recent form has been even better than that. Yeah.
0: I, I like uh, Harris English a tiny bit more, um, but I feel like they're kind of comparable. And then the other guy, I think is a pretty good pivot. And uh, I mean, you could say basically all the same things that you've been talking about with like a, a Vegas or a Connors or a Palmer or like a Matthew Wolf. But HV3 has been extremely consistent off the tee throughout his five starts on the year. And he's been getting strokes and approach in almost all of them as well. Now, some of these are split courses where you're not getting the shot link data for all of the events, but on approach, only at Waste Management did Varner lose strokes on approach, and he had outlier upside rounds at both at and Pebble Beach, and Genesis Invitational. Uh, Data Golf, we've got him like 23rd in the field with the data roto projections that they power, and I've got him for 5% ownership, so I think that makes for a really strong pivot in tournaments. It doesn't seem like people are going to go to him, even with like the two solid finishes.
1: No, I like I like Wolf, I like Varner, and I like Wyndham Clark and Russell Knox all right there, which is funny because Russell Knox is a name that just very much does not uh, like, could not be a more different golfer type than than Wolf Varner and Clark. But those are those were the three guys or the four guys when I was running through that I thought were uh, super interesting. And then, I mean, obviously Adam Shank, seventy five hundred. I mean, where are they going to put some respect on my boy's name? Guy's been has guy's been crushing it out here on the PGA Tour. Uh, he he will uh he will come up a little bit later when we talk in the betting section. A guy who. Data Golf likes who I'm. I'm not certain on Rory Sabatini. Kind of feels like he hit his uh, fish heater vein of form last year, and now he's going back to being like low end PGA Tour grinder. Um,
0: yeah, I guess I like Sabatini a little bit more than you. Um, I don't think he's going to be owned, which typically when you see someone who has like a, a win here, uh, I think you usually would see a little bit higher price a little bit higher ownership and not really seeing that this week. So I think he's going to be a guy that I end up rostering. I don't necessarily disagree with the analysis as far as how he's playing, but uh, I mean, he's been on, on tour for a long time. So I don't think it was just like a blip on the radar and he has been getting strokes kind of consistently. Well, no,
1: that's, that's what I'm saying is for, for like, uh, for like eight years, he was like, official world golf ranking number 97 and was you know grinding out making half a million dollars a year just grinding out cuts and then all of a sudden last year if you wanted to bet on him to win a golf tournament you'd have to lay like 33 to 1 gotcha. like he just became a different class of guy for eight months or whatever
0: yeah I, I guess what I my point was more that the results haven't really been there this year but the field is really weak you're not getting a premium price and the the metrics aren't a disaster it's not like he was a disaster with his long game and and like gaining strokes with the putter and still missing the cut I think he's been pretty close um at, le- at least in the the limited data so I'm okay going back to him in this field
1: yeah I, I mean I think I think all of that is uh I think all of that
0: Harry, is pretty re- Harry Higgs you into Harry Higgs at all
1: I don't. I don't think I've like watched enough, or like I don't think I've played him enough to have an opinion. On, like I hate that guy, or I love that guy. I don't have a good bias take. I will probably uh, just run him at whatever Data Golf has him and cap him at twenty percent in MME. I would yeah. think.
0: I think that makes sense. He's he was just one of the guys in like the strokes game trend data that I look at that has just been a crusher off the tee, um, basically every event, and so you, you kind of know you're getting into a good position there, and then hope you figured the rest of it out and i mean there's some okay names to this top the field i was pretty excited about this event until i saw the field because i feel like all the top end guys have some question marks but there's not a lot of like great low-end players either that you're really excited about so higgs was one of the guys who at least popped him and brian harman at like 7.3k that i could see is either the the fifth or sixth golfer on your roster
1: yeah. And we got, uh, so we have, um, we got Swag Collie down here though. You know, he's good for a He's good for a T 23. Um, Lucas Glover, I think is, you know, again, another really solid guy. I will probably play him in single entry and three max, uh, you know, some other guys down here who I think are playable. Uh, Denny McPutz seems like seems like a guy who could – I think I played him at this event last year, and he missed the cut on the number uh, in my, in my you know, main single-entry team. So, uh, holding on to that one for a while. And uh, a guy I know DataGolf is going to try and jam that I'm just – I will not play at all is Aaron Wise, even as we have him projected for sub-1% ownership. I just – I can't do it.
0: Uh, I guess the other kind of – I guess with this range, I don't have any conviction plays to, to give out to the people. Um, it's it's all pretty dicey down here, but you are going to get a bunch of these guys. I guess like Tom Hogie's like probably the guy that I think is yeah. like
1: the,
0: the last man on your roster at like 6.9K or Matt Jones. But um, a bunch of these guys are they are comparable. There's going to be... 10 of these guys that end up kind of inside the top 20 of the event just because there's not a ton of like top end talent and some of those top end guys are going to miss the cut and there's a lot of these guys that are like one percent owned two percent owned so um i think spreading out and get like trying to take a figure out where your concentrated standard is up top and then trying to grab like a, a bunch of these guys could be an interesting strategy
1: yeah uh i mean that that's just it. Overall to me I think I think a pretty good strategy I mean, is just to mix like, and match
0: these dudes. Besides your boy Hoagie and Matt Jones, is there anybody that is cheaper or that you would feel good about like capping out your roster as like the last man in? Dylan. Zach Johnson, maybe. Dylan, baby. Take cast. Take, just fill fill in your
1: fill your lineups out with take cast guests this week. <laughs> You got to go, go, you got to go, you got to go the, uh, the Tom Hoagy, Dylan Fratelli. And, uh, there was a third guy whose name I'm forgetting right now who also did it that I, I don't remember, but I think he's here.
0: You don't That's remember your take well. cast guests.
1: Spend, there's been a lot of them um let's see like I I want to find the cheapest possible oh uh, Bronson Bergoon uh he just he's like you just bet him as a first round leader every single week that he just feels like he always shows up there on a Thursday but I think he is gonna guy I would include in my MME mix um let's see that's that's probably about the cheapest maybe maybe your boy Duffner he would be he would be the last guy I think who is playable at all
0: yeah yeah, I, it's a it's a pretty dicey week, um, and I think circling back yet yeah, to the beginning of the conversation, I think that's why I do want to get in some of the the top end players because I don't see a a ton of value in the seven like I, there's not a huge difference between the upper end of the seven thousand dollar range and the lower end, and um, I think you're going to want those those win bonuses and and whatnot. So definitely, little stars and scrubsy for me, I think.
1: Yeah, I think stars and scrubs does seem good to me this week i think i think that is currently my preferred uh approach
0: and if if like horschel were to miss the cut or Ben on or like one of these 20, i mean i could see like a team winning this week
1: that would be hilarious That's
0: my hot take Four six team wins the pressure putt
1: that would that would uh that would be that would be very good stuff um all right one and done i i don't i have no takes Fleetwood is Fleetwood is gonna be Donkey Chalk, right? Like you just you just should not be playing him at all. Probably not a good spot to take Brooks. Um don't really want to use Ricky in the form. Maybe maybe Rose. Maybe Rose is what I do, actually. Just just uh take take him when uh no one else will be taking him, but he's a guy that you know everyone's gonna use him by the end of the year.
0: Yeah. I I think you know the the prize pools not that huge. Um so you don't want to burn one of like the top ten players in the world because you need those guys for the bigger prize pools. I, I think Jay would be like the choice if you hadn't used him yet. But you get like a hundred rounds a year. Sunjay plays every event, and then I yeah. guess Billy Horschel for one and done would be my pick. Is if I had to choose a, a value play, just because. And I think I would be looking for value play. That that could end up being like the chalk value pick, which is always like a little cringy and one and done. But right now, right. Done to head, I think I'd go Jay or Horschel.
1: Yeah, I think I think that I mean, you know, I think that that seems uh, I think that seems mostly fair. I, well, no, I would I I think you should aim a little bit higher. I I think that I think that Woodland or Rose. Well, so it also depends on if you have a chance in the segment and and all of that stuff. I guess I would like consider if you're, if you,
0: Woodland. Uh, the thing with Rose is he can be become like one of the best five players in in the world and yeah, I'd rather see a little bit of form out of him before pulling the trigger. Woodland, I've seen enough that i'd be I'd be fine kind of burning him and feeling like he's at least gonna make the cut make some money for me. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so for if we're gonna keep if we're gonna keep touting winning golf bets, um, a couple of the a couple of the guys who i I did bet this week were Adam Shank. Uh, Johnny Vegas, I bet as well. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up, uh, I'm trying to pull up some of these numbers and see if any of them move. Some of the ones that I, I wanted to bet, but like the numbers were horrible. Um, I wanted to bet Rose. You can't get, you can't get a, uh, a good number on him. Wanted to bet Hovland. Can't get a number on him. Wanted to bet Berger. I mean, these Daniel Berger (laughs) numbers. (laughs) It's like, Oh, you want to bet Daniel Berger? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta bet 28 to one. And that's the only way. So, I think that uh, I think the way that I'm gonna approach this week is I'm just gonna I'm gonna be betting more t20s but I did bet Johnny Vegas Matt Jones uh, Denny McCarthy Adam Shank uh, Bronson Burgoon there's like some of these guys who are at like 150 to one because uh, I just I want to sweat on Sunday and you just like there there's nothing like as we discovered last year with Keith Mitchell there's nothing to worse than seeing those green numbers those green plus EV numbers on data golf and I mean like literally bet like half a unit on these guys. Like just like it's not you don't have to go bet you know twenty dollars on every outright bet you make. Like you can met you can make cheap bets and it you'll still be you'll still be happy you did it come Sunday as opposed to not doing it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, if you want to check out our article on Sports Grade, we wrote up a few picks over there as well. Two of the guys that I wrote up on DraftKings Sportsbook were. Uh, Benon on at forty to one. I think that's a pretty good price. He's only available at like twenty nine to thirty three on other sites, and that's kind of like break even ish. So, I thought forty to one or better is a pretty good price for him. And then, Cocrack uh, at a hundred to one or better, I thought was a pretty good price. Um, Bergoun was able to grab at two fifty. So, um, I'll I'll have some Bergoun shares. But uh, like you said, I think I probably will fire at a couple of the long shots with these big prices. Um, but definitely have to practice. I, I, got horrible, event, I got a horrible I got a horrible number
1: on Vegas. I got a horrible number on Vegas, but I don't really care. I just <laughs> when you're also when you're when you're a fish on a heater like I bet I bet uh I think I bet like 18 different first round leaders. I I just did. I just did like quarter unit bets cuz I mean, why not, you know? It's first it's first round leader. Anyone can shoot a sixty five on any given day of professional golf.
0: So the the people won the conviction play last week. You gave the people Bryce and D. Chambeau. You didn't care what price you were betting them at. It's true. Uh, You just knew it it had to be done and you had to lock them into the majority of your DFS golf lineup. So who who's your conviction pick this week?
1: So I don't have one that is near as strong. So this yeah. is not this is not uh, this is not Bryce and DeChambeau, but I am estimating right now that my biggest difference in terms of like week long and showdown and weekend golf assuming he makes it is going to be Justin Rose. I I, I think I'm going to be like 3 times the fieldish on Justin Rose in stuff.
0: at least that's what I hope cuz I be like 50 to 60%
1: yeah. I, I really, I really want to play more Justin Rowe. Like for sure. I just think that Justin Rose better golfer than Louis, better golfer than Woodland, better golfer. Like, and just, just, just hope that the, just hope that the form is there.
0: All right. So, I like it.
1: That that's the take. All right, so everyone, that's going to do it for us here at the Daily Roto, going for the green Daily Fantasy Golf podcast, uh, and we will be back next week. Sorry if you if you wanted more conviction than that. Maybe maybe next week I will be I will we'll have uh, we'll have our full bullets back. And uh, good luck, everybody.